Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. In recent years, climate change has loomed like a dark specter over the globe, contributing to everything from gentrification in Miami as high-income coastal dwellers seek new residents further inland away from flooding, to refugees fleeing drought and crop shortages in Guatemala. But the urgency around the issue reached new heights in 2018 with the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, or IPCC, stated that rapid, quote, far-reaching and unprecedented changes in all aspects of society would be needed in order to drop carbon dioxide levels by 2030 and prevent catastrophic global warming. Scientists have indeed proposed drastic measures, just not in the way that you might think. In the same IPCC report, the UN suggested that adding 2.5 billion acres, that's 1 billion hectares of forest to the world, could help limit global warming in future decades to just 2.7 degrees Fahrenheit, that's 1.5 degrees Celsius, which would stave off some of the worst effects of climate change. And now, the UN might just have the data to back up their proposal. In another study unveiled in July of 2019 in the publication Science, a group of researchers associated with the Crowther Lab in Switzerland found that global tree restoration to the tune of 900 million acres, that's 0.9 billion hectares of canopy cover, an area that's approximately the size of the United States, is, quote, our most effective climate change solution to date. That would require upwards of half a trillion trees. These trees would store 205 billion tons of carbon, or roughly two-thirds of the carbon that's been emitted by we humans since the Industrial Revolution. Some news reports have said that this much forest restoration is the equivalent of roughly one trillion trees, but that statistic is from an estimate in a report from 2015. We spoke with the current study's lead author, Jean-Francois Bastien, via email. He said, the idea was to estimate what tree cover could be expected when you removed the human factor, i.e. what specific types of forest would naturally occur in the absence of other development and where. The team used the form of artificial intelligence known as machine learning to build, quote, a model to link tree cover with climate, soil, and topography based on 78,000 observations of tree cover in protected areas. The researchers then projected the data further to estimate the potential total tree cover of the whole planet if human civilization didn't exist. But, of course, humans do exist, so the team then excluded land currently being used for urban settlements, croplands, and existing forests, which yielded the total amount of land available for restoration. The study offers a map showing how much tree coverage different parts of the globe might support, the top three areas being Russia, Canada, and the United States. The study's timing aligns with current global efforts around ecological restoration. One example is the Trillion Trees vision, which seeks to restore one trillion trees by 2050. Another is the Bonn Challenge, which is a partnership between the government of Germany and the UN's International Union for Conservation of Nature that aims to restore 371 million acres of deforested land by 2020, which is about 40% of the current study's recommendation. You might be thinking, well, that sounds pretty easy. Let's all roll up our sleeves and save the planet by planting one tree at a time, right? But some experts say the situation is actually a little more complicated than that rosy picture, especially if most nations don't chip in to help. Although by 2018, 58 nations had banded together to commit an acreage that would exceed the Bond Challenge goal, most of the restoration work to date has been done by only a few countries. We also spoke with Jim Hallett, chair of the board of directors for the Society of Ecological Restoration. 
He cited major challenges to implementing restoration on such a global scale, quote, including financing, governance, land tenure and ownership, and capacity to do the work. There's ample evidence that, in some contexts, if the benefits of restoration are not equally shared, the project will fail. So incentive programs have to be carefully developed. And restoration alone will likely not be enough. It takes time, after all, to implement such big restoration projects, and also for these trees to store carbon. And Hallett stresses that we have to not just restore previously forested lands, but preserve what we've currently got. Other scientists question not only the practicality of the study's claims, but also the study's very methodology. We spoke with Eike Lilling, a climate change researcher and professor of horticultural sciences at the University of Bonn. He pointed out that some of the areas marked for restoration couldn't support more trees than they already do. Some of them are in permafrost regions, for example. Also, quote, the methodology implicitly, probably not on purpose, implies that carbon stock is proportional to canopy cover, i.e. ecosystems without trees contain no carbon. This is clearly false and strongly inflates the global estimate of restoration. Jan Barner, Liedeling's colleague and a professor for economics of sustainable land use at the University of Bonn, is similarly skeptical. Barner says that some of the areas being proposed for restoration under the current study are already in use for other purposes. Barner considers the study to be a, quote, interesting academic exercise, but as a climate change mitigation strategy proposal, and it is being advertised as such, it sends a misleading signal to the international climate policy debate. But don't fret. Both Bastine and Hallett emphasize that the UN has declared 2021 to 2030 the Decade on Ecosystem Restoration, which could spur nations to act quickly. And some countries are already tackling the initiative head-on. And, according to Hallett, forest restoration boasts far more perks than just impacting climate change, including maintaining or even increasing biodiversity and preserving the ecosystem that we humans rely upon for our food and water. But even the study's authors acknowledge that it's going to take a lot of goodwill to make this grand vision a reality. Bastine said, What we need is universal action. International agencies, NGOs, governments, all citizens, anyone can be involved. Local communities and small organizations may be especially effective. While they do not have the same reach as national agencies, they have the benefit of knowing what works best in their own backyards. Today's episode was written by Terry Yarlagata and produced by Tyler Klang. A Brain Stuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more on this and lots of other topics for everyone to take part in, visit our home planet, HowStuffWorks.com. And for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Listener.